What's up, everybody? Sean Hamill here with another episode of the Origins Podcast. Today, I have the famous or infamous uh, Dr. Lin Tao. Uh, Dr. Tao, you and I have known each other digitally since pre-COVID, probably right before COVID, I think, is when our paths may have crossed. Uh, but Dr. Lin Tao is here, the founder of Raving Patients, uh, dental speaker, retired clinical dentist, correct? No longer correct. practicing dentistry. Um, just had a rocking marketing conference down in Florida uh, that's been the talk of many a dental Facebook group. Uh, but Dr. Lin, thank you so much for being on today. Well, thank you for having me. I look forward to spending some time with you here. Absolutely. So I'm always curious when we have a dentist on that's built uh, a social media empire, a, a large group. Uh, we've had Paul Goodman, we've had Dave Rice, we've had a few on here. Um, have you told the origin story about how Raving Patients came to be? Before? No, the only thing I had was on my podcast, Raving Patients. I had um, the episode one of season six, which was this past season, was the origin story of the Reviews Doctor, which was me. Uh, but that was the only thing I've ever really told was the origin story of that, but not anything else. When did it start? How did it start? Uh, tell us a little bit just just about how you even this even got on your radar. You mean the reviews? Yeah, just the reviews, doing the Google business stuff, bird eye, all that. So as a practice as a practice owner, um, I knew and I needed to learn how to market my practice. I hired a lot of people to do it over the years and nothing really, really worked that well. Um, I don't want to say it didn't work, but it didn't work as well as I wanted it to work. And what I like to say is I, when I bought the practice, I had an $18,000 a month debt service I had to pay. So I knew that I had to bring new patients into the practice. And what I was using or what I was told to do wasn't working very well. So I said, you know what, Len, you're a smart guy. I want you to go out and learn how to do it. And I tried, tried some things, tried lots of things. Some of the things didn't work well. I mean, I still remember I did a uh, radio uh, show for the Phillies on AM radio. Um, they hosted a, a session at a, um, a place called Chickie and Peach, which is a, a bar that's very popular. And they had their, what's called the Bull Session uh, with Greg Luzinski, who was, who was, his nickname was the Bull. And he was a former Philly. We we paid for that. I got you know free tickets to uh, the, the Phillies games, which was great as a baseball fan. But I got no patience. It didn't work. It was like $18,000. I, I threw the money at down the toilet, and that was the end of that. Things I tried, things I was told to do didn't work, except the best part about it was I ended up getting the patient who sold me the, the, the ads. He became my patient because he felt so bad that I got nothing from it. And we tracked everything. So I knew specifically that nothing came from that campaign. But one of the things I, I realized very early in my career you know, I was using Demand Force, and Demand Force was getting reviews on Google. So when someone wrote a Demand Force review, most likely it would make its way to to Google, and people would see it. I'm like, that's great. I mean, there's like they put me on the map, they made me popular, and people would come into my practice and say, "Hey, Len, I came into your practice because of these great reviews." And I was like, awesome connection. Well, that went away. And one day, uh, Google said, "You're done," and Demand Force was dropped. And I mean, literally, people went. Oh, had thousands of reviews and they went to zero overnight. Now I had been understanding the power of reviews before that. And I started at maybe had 35 or 40 at that point, still not a lot, but a lot more than most people had, um, especially when demand force dropped them. And, uh, and so I just knew that reviews were a way to bring patients into my practice. And I wanted to find a way to kind of make it easy for patients to do it. And that's what I did. I, I mean, that's what I did. And, 
Um, you know, it's been it's been a wonderful way to kind of get me out of dental practice, as you know. Um, I created my own platform. You know, the, the the long of the short is Bird Eye bought my company from me 18 months later, and here we are, you know, nine years later, and we have 10,000 practices using Bird Eye. My review platform was called iSocial Reviews. So, um, but that's kind of that's the long of the short. I know we're going to get into a little bit more detail. But um, I don't like to always hog the mic, so I'll pass it back to you, and then you can ask some questions, and we'll go from there. <laughs> well, that's awesome, and it's it's really cool just to have a doctor on that had an issue and they solve it themselves because a lot of the options that are in the marketplace really do underperform or they may not work as well. As you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that happen or can happen uh, with regard to practice marketing. But is there a, an event in – dealing with a patient or a specific patient where when you got that testimonial, cause it's really the social proof of the patient experience is what it does, right? Is there a certain one or, or a certain series of, of reviews where you really started to see like, Oh wow. Like these reviews play a huge part in growing my practice. There were some reviews in the beginning that really told a great story about how I wanted, to, I, I wanted to be different than every other dentist out there. Because every dentist does the same thing. I did things differently. So, for example, I, I went to the oral surgeon for consultations with my patients. And my, we, it was me, the oral surgeon, and the patient that were there. But I went with them, and they appreciated that. You know, they wrote about that. That was how I branded myself, very personalized care. So those were some reviews similar to that that really stuck hard. And, and patients would call and say, I read Dr. Tao's reviews. You know, I'm really excited about him, you know, coming with to me with the, to the oral surgeon or, or him being there when I was going through surgery, you know, because they trusted me. They, they knew me or they, they wouldn't know me. And um, those in particular were really set the, the, the stage for the trust to be built um, from the reviews that I was receiving. Very cool. And so how did BirdEye find you or how did you get on their radar? So I wrote an article for Yelp, uh, sorry, for Dental Town on Yelp, that Yelp could be detrimental to your business. And I, it, it caught the ire of Yelp as well because they, I don't want to say they blackballed me, but they certainly didn't make it easy for me to keep reviews up. But um, it also got the, the eye of BirdEye and BirdEye had contacted me because they heard about this article I wrote they they found out that I was a um, uh, not only a dentist but someone who created a piece of software, and they were intrigued by what I had done. And they reached out and said, "Can we have a conversation?" At first, I wasn't really interested. At first, I was like, "I I'm too new. I need to build it up a little bit more." Um, I really enjoyed selling the platform, but I wasn't really there to engineer a platform. And they had the engineering behind it. They had the integrations that they wanted to build. You know, I had the the dentist background. I had the you know, some of the, some of the um, neat ways to generate the reviews, but I knew that if I was going to take, you know, the, the stuff I was doing, doing to greater levels that I needed someone like BirdEye to, to be part of it. And graciously, we agreed on an acquisition and, you know, the rest is history, I'd like to say. So. That's cool, man. It's, it's awesome to see, especially with what you guys are putting out in the marketplace. Um, a lot of BirdEye customers out in the Facebook groups talking very highly of the software. Um, I'm curious though. So I'm obviously in your group. If you're not in Lynn's group, find the raving patients group on Facebook. Um, I don't really do a ton of the Facebook groups anymore, but I love being a part of your group. Um, and I love that you tag me and like clue me in on the really weird stuff. Or you text me sometimes and you're like, have you heard of this before? Uh, but 
tell us about your first bad review. Do you remember your first well, bad does review? Does it have to be an online review or just a review from a patient in general? Let's do both. Why well, not? Why not the, do both? The very first day. So I bought a practice from a dentist who committed suicide. Okay. And the very first day, oh. March 19th, 2007, a patient said to me, you're not Dr. Katz. I'm like, no, he's dead. No, I didn't say that. No, I didn't. I said, well, he's not any, he's not here anymore. So it, this is my practice now. But that was that, the first day I got there. It was like, well, who the hell are you? And you know, how, how can you help me? So that was the very, that was the first negative I, comment I got was that you're nothing like him. I'm like, okay, thank you. You know, what am I going to say to that? Um, the first online bad review was from someone who said that I was a used car salesman, that I was all about the money, that I wasn't trusted, and that they should go seek someone else. That was the very first bad review I received uh, all the way back in, in probably was 2007 or 2008. I mean, back then, reviews were nothing like they were now. It's like, you know, it hurts for a couple of minutes. And then I was like, well, let's, let's worry about something else in life. And I, I kind of forgot about it and moved on. But that was the very first one I got. So when you, when you started, what, when was the year you think that you really started to notice that reviews had an impact on the growth of the practice? 2010 and 11 was when really things started taking off from the marketing I was doing. And that's when I really started to focus a lot of that on, on reviews. And when I would ask patients how they found me in the office, a lot of them would say, well, I found you online, number one or they were referred by somebody, but I read your online reviews. And although there's a couple of bad ones in there, um, I really like what the positive ones say, and that's why I'm coming into the practice. Um, that's I, awesome. I will, I will tell you that um, I am not someone who shied away from negative reviews. And I'm, I, even when I give my seminars, I always say this. I was a New Yorker living in Philadelphia with a New York attitude. I, my practice was a little bit different. I wanted certain things within the practice. I had rules. If they didn't follow the rules, then I would tell them. And I, I got my fair share of negative reviews over the years. When I was all said and done, I had well over 2,000 positive reviews. I had 91 negatives, I think, at last count. So 91 negatives is a lot of bad ones. But I had plenty of, uh, plenty of good ones to overcome it. So it never really became an issue. But I got bad ones because of my mouth. I got bad ones because of my attitude. Um, it wasn't because of my dentistry, I can tell you that. People didn't complain about my dentistry. Sure. And what do you think the average dentist, when, when you come across the average practice, I see it all the time in your group, doctors just asking for help in general of how to navigate the Google business world. What do you think is the biggest issue dentists maybe don't understand in terms of gaining reviews, managing reviews? I know we answer a lot of questions in your group about how to respond to reviews, especially bad reviews. Um, and then even you know removing reviews as Google constantly evolves and changes the rules and the process and things like that. But what do you think really is the biggest maybe missing piece that doctors don't understand about Google? Is it the fact that it is affirming and telling a story about the practice? Is it just a numbers game? Because a lot of, it seems like a lot of marketers kind of feed that to doctors as you need to hit X amount uh, for the, the local SEO benefit, even though that I feel like the story piece, the affirmation of the patient experience really gets lost in terms of a dentist thinking around the weight that reviews carry. What, what do you think is the biggest opportunity that most doctors don't realize with regard to getting well, reviews? I think numbers important. I always think numbers are important, but always people always ask me, well, what number should I get? I'm like, it depends on your area. I mean, if you have a dentist in your town who, even if you have 10 people in your town or 10 dentists in your town, 
and one of the dentists has 3,000 reviews, then that's the number you need to get to versus some other towns where you're lucky if the person has 100. I mean, so I think numbers is important to help separate you from the competition. But I am a huge fan of, of telling stories. I know you're, you're a storyteller, but I love the reviews to tell the story from literally consult to surgical procedure or, or dental procedure to post-op, the results they got from it. You want reviews on everything that happens in the practice. It doesn't have to be just one thing. So the ha I want every patient to be asked at every, at every patient interaction. Excuse me. Because I wanted to describe the patient journey as someone comes into the office. And that, to me, is a huge, huge factor as to what um, is misunderstood. And the other thing that's really misunderstood is how do reviews qualify to be taken down? Okay. So... My, what I know is, is that when a patient calls the office, they have had an interaction with the office. They may never have come into the practice, but if your front desk person is rude, they can write a review about that. It doesn't matter if they're a physical patient or not. They had an interaction. They didn't like it. That review is not coming down because they weren't a patient. So please understand that there's no, that there's nothing that will get that review ever to come down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it seems like the goalposts have kind of shifted even just an overall regard of what Google will and will not take down. I know back before COVID, you know, we used to be able to to call and get at least a human being on the line. You can't even do that anymore. Um, what would you say are your main tips for an office? You know, I, I know you're doing, you just did supercharger dental practice in Florida, gearing up for 2024, the big event in September that's going to be in Arizona. Um, and obviously you're very active, not only in your Facebook group, but a lot of the, the main Facebook groups. Um, what would you say are some tips that you would give to the average practice of just how to get more reviews, how to make sure that your team, that seems to be the biggest thing is not what do I do with a bad review, but just how do I generally get more? And then how do I ask for them? Because people seem to be kind of uncomfortable asking. Uh, and then the third part to that, I guess, is a three-part question. So what would you say to encourage somebody to get more reviews? How do you encourage people to handle reviews? And then do you have any tips on really framing your team's mindset on, hey, guys, reviews are really important. And like, you know, if, if you had a fight with your significant other or whatever this morning, like you still have to come in and I don't want to know that you're having a bad day. We got to manufacture sunshine all the time. Uh, what are your key tips to a doctor listening maybe that wants to kind of get better all around? Well, if you don't ask, you don't receive. So if you build it, they will come. So I'm a big fan of you have to ask. Um, there are plenty of offices or a number of offices that are very successful at just asking for a review and they get results. I think after a while, you are going to be frustrated um, just asking manually without doing anything else. Um, as many of you know, um, writing a review on Google requires multiple steps, um, including logging into the patient's Google account to write the review and confirming who they are. So asking, you have to ask to get. If you don't ask, you're not going to get. Okay, that's number one. In terms of the actual generation of review, or how to, how to best generate the review. I'm a, I'm a big fan of automated. I think you have to use an automated service, whether it's BirdEye. I mean, this isn't a BirdEye pitch, but BirdEye, there's Swell, there's Podium. There's a whole other number of services that can get reviews. Um, the one thing I would tell you to make sure it does not go internal, getting internal reviews do you no good. And actually, it's a waste of time. I just met a dentist in, um, in Washington State. He has 200 Google reviews, which sounds good, but he has 1,800 reviews on demand for us. Like that doesn't make any sense when you have that type of ratio. That's a complete waste of your time, complete waste of the energy of the of of the office in, in review generation. So you want to make sure they go to Google. You in terms of the mindset of the of the team, 
I like to create a reputation culture in the office. I like the patient, the team members to know that every single time a patient comes in, they're basically being graded. And what they're being graded on is how they do, how they how they are interacting with the patients, how they appear. You know, are they are they being nice? Are they being welcoming? Are they being friendly? Um, or do they have attitude? So, as you mentioned, you know, you have a bad weekend. Once you cross that threshold to get back into the office, you have you put a smile on your face. Okay, all those things that happen outside of the practice do not bring them into the practice. You want to put your best foot forward. You then ask, and one of the great ways I found to ask is is to mention them if you're using an automated service that, hey, you may be receiving a, an email or, or text asking for some feedback about your experience. I do not like calling it a review, asking for feedback about your experience. Uh, we look forward to reading what you have to say. And in fact, guess what? Every morning, and you'd say them this, even if you don't have it, you still say it. You say them every morning we have a huddle where we talk about many things that occur. One of the things that we talk about is we celebrate our five-star reviews. I would love to celebrate yours. You know, can we count on you count, count on you to do this? And when you add that little verbiage in there, that increases the percentage of the patient doing it many, many times over. So um, just asking, just sending a text will work. But if you get the team more involved, it will work even better, in my opinion. Now, how to incentivize them, that's a different story. As you know, you can't pay a patient to write a review. It's not allowed. You cannot incentivize in any way, shape, or form. It's not wanted. Google and Yelp definitely don't want those, okay? You can probably get away with it on Facebook a little bit, uh, but I wouldn't waste my time with Facebook reviews. But when it comes to um, Google, you do, not, you do not want to pay your patients to do it. You will lose reviews if you get caught. So what I recommend is take that same um, policy but apply it to the team. So having the team men get, their te get their name mentioned in a review is a really big bonus. If you read most reviews, most reviews say the doctor and team or Dr. Tao and team, they don't mention the team members by name. So if they can get their name mentioned in the review, that's a way to bonus them, okay? And then one of the other ways is, as you know, you want to get as reviews that are relevant. Reviews that are not relevant get buried in, in the Google My Business page. So to get a review more relevant, patient puts their picture or a picture in the review that they wrote, and that review is automatically going to be more relevant because there's a photo in there. So you can have a team member take a photo with the patient in the office and say, please post this when you write the review. If they do that, then you know the team member had to have a conversation with the patient and you incentivize on that. That's kind of the ways I recommend taking your review strategy to kind of the next level. That's really good stuff and, and great tips. And I appreciate you sharing them. And, you know, like, like, Dr. Tao said, I mean, obviously bird eye is great. Swell's great. Podium's great. There's different options. There are some options too that have gotten in some trouble with gating uh, reviews around a microsite, which doesn't ever really hit your business profile, which doesn't help your practice in any way. So if you maybe are using a service outside of the ones that we named, uh, feel free to reach out to me, reach out to, to Dr. Tao, join his Facebook group and, uh, get some guidance on what to do. Cause I know that there's been, I've met a number of doctors over the years who, who have a bunch of reviews on a microsite that do them absolutely no good. Um, Dr. Tao, what's next for you? I know the supercharge conference has been a huge hit, but in terms of bird eye, in terms of you personally, what's next? Where are you headed? What, so, what are you working on? well, supercharge was amazing. It was September 29th and 30th. 
this year in Delray Beach, Florida. We had 235 people, 16 speakers. It was an, the event could not have been any better. And you probably saw it on social media and saw how well it was received. Um, so BirdEye, and I'll, I'll go into some stuff there. BirdEye has, they're, do, they're doing a lot of stuff with their artificial intelligence now, not, not um, generating reviews, but definitely moderating them. They're, we have a, what's called Bird AI built into uh, BirdEye now to be able to help with um, on that aspect of things. So moderating has become a lot easier. Um, so responding to reviews is, is much, much easier now because you almost have a artificial intelligence human, human who's doing it, and you can change the tone of how you respond. Um, so that's kind of more. And these all are all, all this is all HIPAA compliant. compliant? Yeah. 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 All Wow. That's a all game HIPAA changer. Compliant, all pretty amazing. Um, what it can do. Um, we are, you know, I am, I've been asked, I should say, uh, to potentially look at doing supercharge your multi-location practice and supercharge your dental implant practice. We're just two examples of, of some things that have been reached out to me in the last week or so since my events. Um, that I'm, I'm contemplating. I have a couple of meetings coming up, so that may be in the future. Obviously, next supercharge is, is September 27th and 28th um, in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Scott Resort and Spa, which is an old Scottsdale. So that's there. Honestly, that's where my main focus is. I am I'm speaking a ton. I'm teaching a ton. Um, I, I'm just you know I am relaxed as can be. I enjoy you know people ask me since I left dental practice. Uh, December 7th was my last. 2022 was my last official clinical day. I haven't missed it a day since I left. And that's pretty interesting that I did it for 23 years, but I do not, I have not missed it since. And, you know, I, I found a lot of other things to do, which is why I probably haven't missed it. It's not like I just came up and retired. I, I've kept extremely busy. Um, and, um, I've been very fortunate at what I've done has worked out well. And I, I look forward to figuring out, you know, kind of where the next thing is, but definitely I love, I love putting events on. I didn't know how much I would love it. So I expect more of those, but not a whole lot else. Just, just keeping relaxing, traveling, those types of things. That's, that's awesome. I'm excited for, uh, for all the different variants maybe that are going to roll out. Um, and one last question I ask everybody that's on the show, what books are you reading? I, I know I see you have a book shelf behind you. Uh, but what books would you recommend to listeners in terms of what you're reading now or so something that really stuck out? This is a book I just received in the mail from my friend, Michael Sonic. He's a periodontist and it's called Treating People, Not Patients. Nice. So it's very much kind of what I've gotten involved with. So this was next on my to-do, my book list. Uh, David Rice just released a book. I just got it at the ADA meeting. That's on my to-do list and there's a whole bookshelf here. So I'm a, I'm a massive reader of, of things I like to take in and absorb. Um, but you know, it's, it's really anything that can potentially make me a better person, make me a better salesperson, make me a better husband, make me a better, just general person. I, I'm, I'm definitely into those types of books now. Dave's book is fantastic. Uh, Dave Rice, huge friend of the show, Ignite DDS founder and entrepreneur extraordinaire. But yeah, that book is, is unbelievable. I'm, excited for you to read it get get your feedback see what you think of it uh, i really really enjoyed it it's it's fantastic if you don't have it pick it up where can they get the treat people not patients book That's is on it amazon, on amazon correct and i think Dave, david's okay. call is awesome. everyone smiling but you yep is everyone yep. smiling but you yep yep good plug for dave's book it just i think it's still on the amazon bestsellers list so if you haven't read it definitely check it out uh, Dr. Tao, I appreciate you. Always appreciate you sharing your expertise, sharing your time. 
Uh, how can people get a hold of you? How can people find you if they want to talk more about bird? So I am extremely active on social media. I mean, so we have an Instagram account, Dr. Len Tao. We have an Instagram account, Supercharger Dental Practice. We have um, all over Facebook, Raving Patients is my Facebook group. You can go on to Raving Patients, and if you're not a member, just join it. Um, if they ask how you heard about us, just say, hey, you heard about me on this podcast. You will probably be let in pretty quickly. There's about 5,600 members right now. Um, and then I'm more than happy to give my email and cell phone number. So it's all over the internet anyway. So it's not, it's not, not that I'm giving away anything too difficult. So, um, but you can call or text me. So my cell phone number is 215-292-2100. That's my cell phone. And the best email for me is my, my business one. It's Len, L-E-N, at Dr. Len Tao, D-R-L-E-N-T-A-U.com. Those are the easiest ways I am super responsive. I will tell you, uh, if you, you do not get an immediate response from me, I mean, within seconds, it's usually because I'm either giving a presentation or um, sleeping. Other than that, I'm usually... Or he's on... Well, but or an airplane, I should, I should have uh, Wi-Fi. So it would be an airplane without Wi-Fi. Then you can't get a response. But I can definitely get a response <laughs> if I'm just on Wi-Fi because my phone's with me as, as close to 24-7 as possible. So I am a very connected individual. Absolutely. Doc, always fun talking to you. Thanks so much for stopping by and uh, supercharge your dental practice 24. Uh, go register for it if you haven't. I'll put a link to everything in the show notes. Dr. Lynn, thank, thank you, you so much. It.